Welcome to Universal Man. My name is Mark Weppet, and I'm here to help you stop screwing around and play a bigger game with your life so that you can win where it matters and become a man that you admire. And today I'm back with another installment of the Man of Action series. And in this episode, I'm going to be teaching you how to form habits in a lasting, sustainable way. And we're going to be using a technique that I've developed called habit periodization. I've been working as an addiction, lifestyle, masculinity coach for about seven years now. And this is far and away the most effective and uh, kind of easy approach to building habits that I've ever seen. So if you've been struggling to build habits and make Make them stick, then you're going to want to check out this entire video. And you may even want to take some notes because I'm going to be giving you more or less a condensed masterclass on habit building. Now, if you want to supercharge this work and you want to make sure that you have a lot of accountability, ongoing support from me, a bunch of new ideas and concepts to strengthen this stuff further, as well as, you know, a host of other dudes who can help you out, well, then you're going to want to check out my Vanguard community by clicking the link below. The membership does cost a little bit of money. Lowest tier is only five bucks. I mean, anyone can do that. And if you join up, well, then you get access to other people who are likewise as interested and committed and bought into the idea of improving themselves, living on the front lines of life. And so so the guys who have gone through this, you know, they've really transformed their lives and they provide a lot of support. And, you know, even if you're not on top of the world and you're struggling, well, there's guys like that in, too, in there, too. And everybody can help each other out. Everybody can grow together. And, you know, that's what this is about. That's what Universal Man is about. It's about creating a place, the best self-development place online for guys. So if you want to be a part of that, then check the link below. All right. So let's start getting into this here. If you remember from the last video, which hopefully you saw, um, one of the big ideas that I talked about is this concept of cognitive load, all right? This idea that you can only really juggle so many variables in your head at once. And the more variables you're trying to juggle, uh, the harder it is to get yourself to deal with them. It's like you're trying to carry more and more weight. Okay, your brain can only handle so much before it calls it quits and, you know, refuses to listen anymore. Now, this is really what habits solve. Okay, if you turn something into a habit, what it does is it lets you operate and activate without utilizing any really much cognitive space at all. So it's like, you know, a habit functions off of like a cue reaction sort of cycle and usually some kind of reinforcement as well so it's like you say the cue is you wake up in the morning well if you've formed good habits well you'll get up maybe you'll work out then you'll shower then you'll dress yourself then you'll eat and maybe you'll even do something else productive in there like uh you know meditate or something like that and then all, all without ever having to really exercise too much effort you've had a tremendously productive start to your day okay now it can take some effort to get to that point, but once you do that, all of a sudden it's like you had a great start, you didn't use much mental energy, and you're fresh and ready uh, to, to get out the day with you know whatever kinds of intention uh, or whatever kinds of problems you need to solve and that kind of stuff. So it's like habits are, if you can think of it, an addiction as the bad form of autopilot, uh, habits are kind of the good form of it. You know, you, you can use it to conserve energy and be efficient. Now, obviously the big challenge with habits is building them. And here's where I want to make a distinction between habits and tasks, all right? A habit, like we've just defined, is something that you can do more or less automatically when the cue is triggered, uh, whatever the cue is. Maybe it's a certain time of day. Maybe it's a certain uh, something happens and you go and do it. Um, but it takes very little mental effort. 
A task is a unique thing, uh, more or less. It's something that your brain treats as a unique thing. It doesn't necessarily automatically know how to handle it. You have to think about it a little bit. Maybe you got to plan out your response to it. Maybe you got to be exercise a, a decent amount more intentionality. Now, the thing is, all habits initially start as tasks, meaning that in the process of building a habit, really what it is, it's like doing a task, something with focus and effort, again and again and again and again, until you've kind of baked it into your system and it no longer takes that effort. But getting through that adaptation, that's what's tricky. And we, this is, again, kind of what we talked about in the last video, is that there's this activation resistance. There's this feeling of effort, of weight, of challenge that makes doing the thing feel unpleasant, undesirable, uncomfortable, etc. And if you don't know how to get through that resistance, if you don't know how to get yourself to consistently activate, well then you, you won't be able to do the reps to internalize the process. So one of the core concepts of the last video about how to consistently generate this kind of activation energy was that you needed tranquility. You needed space, you needed rest, you needed time for your neurochemical uh, load to come down, to recharge, and so that you're fresh and ready to really tear in to the next thing, right? Now, this gets a little bit trickier when we're talking about habits because there's some stuff that moves around, there's some stuff that fluctuates and changes, and so we have to figure out how to budget enough energy to make it through this adaptation phase, because this is what people fail to do. They usually underestimate how much energy building a habit's going to take, they under budget for the adoption of the habit, and then they have all this huge activation energy that they don't have available, and they just don't go through with it. Like when most people start trying to build habits, it's like they went to the store and they filled up their shopping cart with all kinds of stuff. You know, people are like, oh, I want this habit, and this habit, and this habit, and this habit, and they put them all on their little habit tracker, and they load them up, and they get to the checkout line, and they realize, oh crap, I don't have enough money to pay for all this. And maybe, for a period of time, they could swipe their credit card. And this what this means internally is that you tap into your energetic reserves, kind of like your emergency fund of energy that your body stores in for emergencies. And so like maybe you can force yourself through and you can just kind of pay it. But this kind of energy, there's a debt to it. You know, you got to pay it back. And so you're not going to be able to consistently just swipe the credit card. Eventually, you're going to get burnt out. You know, the, 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 the bill collector is going to come around and say, hey, you don't have enough energy for this. And then you're going to crash. And probably a lot of you know what that's like, where you've tried to do a lot of stuff. You overextend yourself. And then you fall into a rut that may be even deeper and less productive than where you were initially. So what's the solution here? How do you budget for this? Well, this is where the concept of habit periodization comes into play. Basic, in simple terms, you start light and you get heavier. And there's some technique to how you do this, but basically what this does is this gives you the upfront space you need to adapt, but then it also brings things to a sufficient level of intensity so that you actually get the kind of adaptation that you're really looking for. So this idea was inspired uh, by weightlifting, really, because that's that's where you, you see periodization probably most commonly, or at least I do. Um, it's the idea of, say you want to lift more weight, what you do is you start with a weight that you can do easily. Maybe you do five reps of five at, you know, 185 pounds for a deadlift, okay? And then each week you add some more weight. 
And after, you know, maybe six weeks or 12 weeks or something like that, you're lifting 225 for five sets of five. Okay. So it's like a big increase in energy. You ramp it up. And then, you know, you recycle. You can do all kinds of different sorts of things. You can start the wave again. You can pause and shift to a different focus. And we'll talk more about that in a second. But this is the basic idea, and you need to apply it to habits because it really, really works. This is just the way that our bodies seem to adapt. They adapt in cycles. Now, when it comes to setting this up properly, there's a number of things that I see as essential that I'm not going to be able to really cover here because if I did, this video would be like three hours long. And so uh, you need to have a good mindset around this process. That's probably man of action two and three, okay? You need to balance the removal of certain habits with the inclusion of new habits. That's covered in man of action two. Um, you also need to have focus. You can't do everything at once. Like if you're trying to get in shape, you can't increase uh, usually strength, endurance, hypertrophy, and do fat loss all at the same time unless you're a super beginner okay eventually you're gonna have to pick and focus and the same thing goes with habits you can't do it all at once and so i cover that also in man of action 2 and also the metascript method where i talk about constructing your main objective this is super super important okay so those things are important but let's get back to this idea of periodization okay so to really get understand the value of how this works, we got to understand kind of the big problem that most people do not understand about habit change. And I don't think I would either unless I've literally, unless I actually did the work of working with hundreds of people individually, intensely trying to change their habits. And the biggest problem I see is that people do not account for non-obvious complexity. Because the reality is building a habit, even if it seems very simple, is usually not that simple. Often it takes a, a significant amount of trial, error, planning, thoughtfulness, adjustment in other areas of your life to actually make that one little thing fit. And the issue is if you are not prepared to handle that kind of complexity, well, then that complexity, it just kind of loads up that cognitive resistance to activating, to doing the thing, and you just don't do it. So this complexity tends to show up in an external way and an internal way. So the external stuff can be boiled down to what, where, when, and then probably things like interruptions and that sort of stuff. So let's take, for example, going to the gym. Say you wanna build a gym habit and you've never gone to the gym before, in your life, all right? There's a lot of decisions you have to make, all right? What gym are you gonna go to? What time are you gonna do? go? How many times a week are you gonna go? What program are you gonna follow? What are you gonna do when you get there? What are you gonna wear? Do you even have gym clothes? Like, all of those things need to be figured out. And for a lot of people, those things, each one of them takes a little thought. And so, <laughs> this is an issue, right? Most other habits have similar kinds of decisions that need to be made. So that's one piece of the external complexity. Then you have kind of like the, the interruption sort of complexity. So for example, say you wanna to go to the gym in the morning, but you've got a young child. <laughs> and young children, if you've ever had them, you realize that they can make your schedule very 
in not unstable <laughs> because sometimes they sleep, sometimes they don't, sometimes they get sick, etc. And so you need to be able to account for well, how am I going to handle it if this happens? You know, maybe you're someone who has a periodic severe back pain. Well, if you have if that back pain flares up, what are you going to do at the gym? Are you just going to not go? Or are you going to go and do something else? Like these are decisions that you need to have figured out. But this is only one half of the complexity. The other half would be on the internal side. So this is stuff like managing your mental focus. So imagine that you got a lot of studying that you have to do. And you're trying to build the habit of doing this studying. But you initially think, all right, I'm going to do it when I get home from work. Are you really going to have the mental energy to do it when you get home from work? There's a chance that maybe you're kind of burnt out from the day, especially if your work is somewhat cognitively demanding. Okay, so it's like, well, if you're not going to do it, then when are you going to do it? You're like, well, well, I usually have my evenings packed because I spend that time with my wife and family. Well, what are you going to do? Right. So problem solving right there. And then the most complex piece of the internal stuff would be emotional resistance and the mindset pieces. You know, if we're going back to going to the gym, maybe you've got a lot of fear and anxiety of going to the gym. Maybe you're afraid of other people looking at you and having you look stupid, all this kind of stuff. So it's like it can take a while to work through all of these sort of things. And so like when I'm doing something like this with a client, sometimes it'll take an entire session to set up just one like one routine change, one kind of shift. Maybe they're setting up a morning routine or they're trying to build a, a gym routine like we're talking about here. And it can take a long time. Sometimes it doesn't even get done in one session because a lot of times they need to gather more information. They need to feel things out. And so most of you are not going to be working with a coach. And so this means that it's on you. And so you need to be able to do the iterative adjustment to figure things out. That's what this comes down to is that you need to figure things out as you go. You can try and do as much as you can up front, but usually there's going to be some adaptation that occurs when you try something out. You're like, oh, I went at this time of the uh, time of day to the gym, but oh, it was really crowded and I didn't like it. So I'm going to have to shift it up. And so when you're doing this kind of iterative adjustment, you need to be able to, one, track your progress. Okay, You need to be able to write down what you're doing and how it's going. All right, So tracking your habits is very, very important. For some things, it's just enough of putting an X on the day if you did the habit or not. For something a bit more robust, for something a bit more complicated, you're going to maybe want to write quite a bit more. But if you don't have any data, then you're not going to be able to adjust. And this adjustment is, as we've seen, it's it's essential. It's kind of one of the core parts of things. If you're dealing with a lot of internal resistance or even external resistance, like you might need to really do some kind of more comprehensive problem solving sort of work. And this is kind of what I cover in the Metascript method, which in it, I teach you uh, three different kinds of journaling techniques that when applied to a main objective, take your results to an entirely new level, because it br iteratively breaks down, all right, here's the problem, here's how we're going to solve it on an external and internal level. So be like the the ability to track yourself, the, the ability to make adjustments to reflect and this kind of stuff. It's, you know, you need it if you want to build lasting real habits. So if you can acknowledge that there is usually unforeseen amounts of complexity when building a new habit, then you can also understand why a lot of people, they really struggle to get past that initial stage. It's because they don't budget for all of these unforeseen sorts of 
problems and issues and, you know, things they have to figure out and whatnot. Okay. And so if you don't make the room in your life for these adjustments, well, you're just not going to do it. The habit's not going to get formed. And this is what leads us to principle number one of habit periodization, which is start light. You need to start light. You need to start at a point with the habit that is so light that you could, you have no excuse. <laughs> really, that's what you're doing is you're trying to get a baseline so fine and simple that even if you had a terrible day, you can still get it in. This is very much the idea behind the book, The Slight Edge, which is, you know, it's fantastic. I, I highly recommend you read it. But it's the idea is that if you do a little bit, if you commit to just doing a little bit, well, then you'll be able to do more usually. And usually you will do more uh, and you also won't get burnout or anything like that. And there's a few different ways in which you can set up your, your you know, very narrow baseline. And it can be done with time, it can be done with amount, and it can be done with frequency. There's probably other variables you can adjust, but these are the main ones that I think of. So when it comes to time, it's saying like, all right, I'm going to do five minutes of exercise. Five minutes, super easy. You can always do that. Even if you just go walk for five minutes, you can absolutely do that. Um, with amount, it's more of like uh, doing a thing. So like maybe you read one page of a book, or if you're trying to build a journaling habit, you write minimum one sentence. You just show up and you do something because it's in the showing up, you're constructing that slot into your life. And this is really powerful stuff. The other one is frequency. And I don't necessarily recommend using frequency as your measuring stick because people will have a tendency to either go too low or too high with frequency. Um, I mean, if you're adjusting for for intensity properly, higher frequency is better when you're building a habit. Like you're better off doing something light and doing it six or seven days a week uh, than doing it heavy just once a week. Now you can't do this with everything. I recommend at least probably doing something three times per week, but some things, you know, maybe you do want to do them where you, you start with just a very low frequency and then you try to increase it. But anyway, you pick a habit and you start really light. All right. Now you could just stay here. If the habit is simple enough, you could just stay at this really light baseline and it's like, oh, I'm going to read one sentence or one page a day. And if you stick to that, you're going to probably read more than one page most days. Uh, but, you know, if if you keep that habit going, you will do a lot, right? You, you will do a lot. But if you, <laughs> so let's say you need to actually study 12 hours a week, okay? And you start with your baseline of just one page a day. The reality is that's that's not going to get you where you need to go if you just keep your baseline there, right? For most of us, our goals, our habits, they, they need to reach a certain level before they really become satisfactory to us. So what are you going to have to do? Well, you're going to have to increase the intensity. You're going to have to get make it heavier and harder. And this is what I call the wedge technique, right? It's kind of like you're, using a, you're, create, you're making like a blade with the habit. You start super narrow, super simple, and then you get wider and wider and, and thicker with it. And then, you know, at the end of it, you have something that's where you want to be. So to set it up, you pick your baseline, you pick where you want to end up, and then you calculate a gradual change between, you know, over a set of weeks, working your way up, okay? And so how long should this cycle be? I would say usually between 30 and 90 days 
is pretty good. You may have some things that you want to go lower, some things you want to go higher, uh, but usually 30 to 90 days is pretty good. Like a 30 day shift, that's something that you can do for a small habit, maybe something like journaling. Okay. Uh, if you want to do something a bit more serious, like, like a, uh, becoming like a real active fitness person, uh, or you're trying to like, like quitting porn, uh, or you're doing anything along those lines, like you're trying to become, you know, go from a, a zero productivity person to someone who's got like intense focus for hours a day. That's probably going to be a three month sort of, of transformation. And so, you got to kind of pick it and you pick, you put the, the starting point at the beginning, the place where you want to end up at the end, and then you get to it. So you put your starting point at the beginning, put your end point at the end, and then you kind of work back from the end, counting how much you need to adjust per week to get that kind of gradual change. So let's say, let's do an example here. Let's say you're going, you're trying to increase your amount of time spent writing. All right. Say you want to become a writer and right now you barely write at all. So start with 15 minutes the first week. And then the next week, you're going to do 30 minutes. And the following week, you're going to do 45 minutes. So each week, you increase 15 minutes. And then by the end of week 12, you're going to be doing, uh, you're going to be doing three hours, right? And so this gradual shift here, it's going to give you a lot of time to figure things out because you know maybe when you get you realize all right I can do maybe a 30 or 45 minute session and then I need a break. And so if you need a break, well then maybe you need to actually break your writing set your your writing blocks up into two different times. Well, when are you going to do that second time? And you got to figure that out and figure out how much time you can do at once, whatever. And you're going to be getting stronger as you go, but then you're also potentially going to be becoming more efficient as you go. So it's, it's going to require adjustment. If you do this gradually, you're going to be able to make those adjustments. Sometimes when you're making those adjustments, it means that you also need to adjust your actual goals. Like maybe you have no idea what's a good amount of time to shoot for with that. And you realize when you start 15 minutes is way too easy, or maybe it's way too hard. And maybe you need to bring up your baseline or bring up your, or bring down your end goal or something like that. And that's okay. That's all part of this process. Just making sure that you're moving in the right direction is what's important. Now, when you start doing this stuff and you start getting success, it's exciting. It feels great. Um, and it's just an all around wonderful sort of thing. And what people do is they get addicted to this progress and they think that they can just linearly progress for forever. And the reality is you can't <laughs> because there are diminishing returns to adaptation. So for example, if someone just continuously adds more weight to a barbell that they're, they're lifting, uh, what's going to happen is eventually they're going to reach a plateau, then they're not going to be able to keep up, and then they're going to actually become weaker because you cannot just linearly increase in strength and intensity. It doesn't work like that. Um, and so if you don't want to drain yourself, if you don't want to completely wear yourself out, if you don't want to like, you know, set yourself up really for a crash, then you can't go too intense for too long. The end of your cycle, it should be putting pushing you like right up to the limit, but not past it. You, you know, you should have some some real serious work toward the end, but you don't want to keep that going. And so what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do when you eat, reach the end of a cycle? Well, you got to deload. And there's a few different kinds of ways to deload. One is you can just drop back down to your initial baseline for a little bit. 
Um, another would be that you just take a break for a little while, take a week or two off. Um, my favorite is if I've got the habit, if I, if I got the habit to more or less where I want it to be, and usually it's better to be even a little bit further, more on that in a second, um, then I'll just use adopt the habit as an as-needed basis. So, for example, there was periods where I, I journaled every single day, and I've journaled a ton in my life, but I don't necessarily do it every day now. I do it when I feel like it's useful, when I do it as needed. And this is, I think, the the optimum form for most sorts of habits. Like everybody tries to have too many daily habits, try to keep the chain going, that sort of thing. You're not a robot. And to think that you could predict the optimum interval of different sorts of habits and tasks, I think is uh, a bit presumptive. I think we're a bit more complex than that. And having more fluidity tends to be better. Now, don't get me wrong, there are some things that are very important that you want to do with a high level of consistency. But those things should be few in number. Um, so be very careful about trying to just keep yourself super rigid with things. Once you've done something enough, you're going to be able to whip it out when you need it without much effort at all, as long as you know, you've done at least a, a decent amount of maintenance on the habit. And the final point that I have here is what I would call the concept of headroom, all right? Sometimes you need to, it's going to take multiple cycles to get where you want to be. And sometimes you're going to have to do multiple cycles and actually overshoot where you want to be at, want to have your baseline. So for example, say you want to have three hours of focused writing be your baseline. Well, then maybe you're going to have to spend the first 90 days working your way up to two hours of writing and then do another site, like drop back down build your not quite as low like maybe instead of starting at 15 minutes you start at 30 or 45 and then you work your way up to four hours or something like that and if you can get past and operate at your like past your ideal at least for a period that makes it then that you can pretty much reliably always hit the baseline. So for example, if you want to be able to deadlift 315 uh, any, t any time of day or night, completely cold, well, then you might need to be able to, to work yourself up to a 400 pound deadlift. And once you can do a 400 pound deadlift at the end of a, a strength block with, you know, you know, hyping yourself up going max effort, well, if you can do that, well, then you can probably deadlift 315 at any point. But if you can only deadlift 315 at the end of a very focused training block, you know, with max effort, the chances that you're going to be able to pull that off every day is pretty much, you know, it's not there. It's not going to happen. So that's how you want to be thinking about habit periodization. It's like these cycles of going up, going up, super intense. Then you drop things back down. You let yourself recuperate. You let yourself recover. Maybe you switch tasks. Maybe you do an entirely different thing. You just keep this thing on the back burner, doing it as needed. Or if it's some, it's not quite where you want it to be yet, well, you start another cycle and you ramp yourself back up again and you do this kind of thing. And it's all right to bounce around and, and be flexible with this process. But when you're in a block, you want to be focused. And that's kind of the key here is, you you want to be mapping out your personal development over the long haul in these big chunks rather than kind of this piecemeal try to grab it all at once approach that I see so many people doing. Uh, you know, it, really, it comes down to patience. It comes down to patience and the humility to be on a journey. That's what I've found because I'm like one of the biggest offenders of trying to do it 
all at once. And it's, it's egotism and shortcut thinking. It's the desire to, I want it all now because I can't stand not having it now because I don't feel good enough. And so I need to grasp at it all and completely sabotage myself and not get anywhere. And so we don't want that to happen. So try and be focused, try and be consistent. And uh, let me know what you think of this below. Uh, if any of you are going to do this, feel free to, to share what you're going to be focusing on, how you're going to set it up and whatever. And uh, yeah, if you want extra help, like I said, you want to check out the Vanguard by clicking the link below. All right, everybody, that's that for you. Play big. I'll see you in the next one. Most guys fail to build good habits because they're stuck in bad thought patterns. Until you recondition your brain to think new thoughts in the moments that matter, you'll keep ending up in the same old places over and over again. This is why I created the Metascript Method. It's a free guide that will teach you three simple yet insanely powerful journaling techniques that, when practiced regularly, will reprogram your brain for near automatic success. I've read hundreds of client journals in my years as a professional coach, and I've identified exactly what you need to put down on the page if you want to create positive life changes that truly stick. And no, just endlessly writing about your feelings doesn't work. So if you want to learn my secret weapons of self-development, then click the link below and grab your free copy of the Metascript Method now.